رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقدة من لساني يفقهوا قولي My dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this world as a test for his believers this entire world that we are living in this material world that we are passing through this life is a test for the believers and the creator of this world himself has said that he did not create this in vain and this is the conclusion that those who have been termed as the intelligent ones will reach إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ Indeed, in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the chains of the night into day and day into night, they are indeed signs for those who have intelligence. الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ They are those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala standing, sitting and reclining, meaning in all conditions. وَيَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ and they ponder and reflect over the creation of the heavens and the earth. And upon reflection, the conclusion they reach, they say, Subhanaka. O oh Allah, you are pure from all defects. Rabbana ma khalaqta hadha batilan, Subhanaka faqina adab nar Or Lord, you have not created this dunya in vain, this world with no purpose. You have not created the batilan without any purpose. You are pure from all defects. Subhanak. This would be a major defect. So we ask you to save us from the adab of the fire of Jahannam. So this dunya is a test that we are all going through. in These material means around us. And this is known as a darul asbab. A world of means. And behind these material means is the qudra and power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made these means visible to us, perceptible to us. These are things that we see with our eyes, we touch with our hands, we hold and grasp, we utilize them. And He has instilled in our hearts the love for these material means. He says, You love the material wealth of this world. Very strong attachment you have. He has strong love for the material dunya. And behind these material means, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has hidden His qudra and His power. Who He Himself is running all the affairs, and He is the musabbibul asbab. He is the one who puts the power in the asbab to benefit us and to harm us. But we do not see that hidden element which is the Amr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Amr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there with everything that benefits us, with anything that harms us. Nothing can benefit, nothing can harm without the permission and the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these material means that we are using in this worldly life, or if I would not use the word material, all, putting all means together, the asbab that we are utilizing and that we use for our, to fulfill our daily functions, the scholars have divided them into four different types. Number one is asbab dunyawiyya qat'iyya. These are material worldly means which are of a surety in their nature. 
in the cause and effect relationship established in this world, the physical world of laws that Allah has created, according to the physical laws of nature, there's a direct cause and effect relationship established according to the norms of our existence. These are called asbab qat'iyya. For example, is food for life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it such that our bodies, they require food. They require air to breathe. They require water. وَجَعَلْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ This is a truism, a fact of biology, that it is from water that Allah has made everything that is, the, that is living. All living organisms come from water. This is mentioned in the Quran. وَجَعَلْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ So water as a source of life, this is a sabab qat'i, definite cause and effect relationship, that you need water for life. And when we say that, that this is a definite means for sustaining life, then it has implications with respect to fiqhi ahkam in rulings. So much so that if a person, he does not drink water, and he chooses to abstain from drinking water or eating food, and he ends up dying, then this person, ya'tham, this person will be a sinner. Kaqatili nafsihi. And he will be like a person who has killed himself. He will gain, he will get the sin of suicide because he abstained from that which was made as a sabab by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to sustain life. This is with regards to self-infliction. If someone withholds the water from someone else and does not allow someone to drink water, does not allow someone to eat food, and puts him under house arrest, like Uthman radiallahu anhu, or the khalifa that was maqtul shaheed radiallahu anhu, and the person dies from thirst, or uh, Hussein radiallahu anhu and his family in Karbala, and the people die from thirst, then the person who was withholding the water would be considered responsible for murder, for killing the person. Even though they actually did not kill them, they withheld the source of life. So this is called sabab qat'i. Then the second type is sabab dhanni. A sabab dhanni is something which is a cause, an effect relationship, but it's not 100%. Sometimes it might work, sometimes it may not work. It's not 100% guaranteed. Like medicine for shifa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes puts shifa in the medicine, and sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not put shifa in the medicine. Who actually has shifa and cure? The shifa and cure lies with Allah and Allah alone. If he wishes, he may put that shifa in the medicine and where a person takes the medicine, takes the course of antibiotics, takes the, uh, whatever prescription is prescribed by the physician, and then the person is, mashallah, cured of the sickness. And sometimes a person takes a medication and his condition might even become worse. Somebody might be allergic to penicillin and end up having a worse outcome by taking a medication that they are allergic to. That's why in the past the Muslim physicians, it is recorded in history that when they would write their prescription and then on the top they would say Bismillahi wa shafi In the name of Allah, the sole being who has the cure in his hands, I write the following prescription. And this is what Ibrahim salam he also said, وَإِذَا مَرِضْتُ فَهُوَ يَشْفِينِ وَإِذَا مَرِضْتُ فَهُوَ يَشْفِينِ That when I become sick, then he is the one who gives me cure. Where did the sickness come from? 
came from Allah too, but he did not attribute the sickness to Allah. He says, I become sick, then he gives me the cure. This is the adab in how you speak about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When I become sick, then Allah is the one who gives me cure. But this is not 100% guaranteed. So what happens is that if somebody refuses to take medicine and dies, then we cannot classify that as suicide. If somebody decided not to take medicine and ended up dying, or if somebody did not pay for someone's medication, if the husband said he's a, such a stingy person or he's having a bad relationship and he says, I will not pay for your medication to his wife, and then the wife ends up dying, then the husband will not be guilty of murder. But if he withheld water and food from her, then he would be considered a murderer. So this is a sabab dhanni, second type of sabab. Sabab qat'i, sabab dhanni. And then the third type of sabab are sabab wahmi. Such as means that people have come up with which are mohum, which are completely based on conjecture and have no basis with reality. They are based on superstition. And these are, for example, in the time of Rasulullah he prohibited, he said, we should not say muturuna bino ikada. Do not say that the rain fell upon us because so and so star was in the sky in such a particular constellation. This is not refuting the science of meteorology, which is science of weather and weather systems. It's talking about believing in positions of stars having a direct relationship on our life, which is astrology. So there are many people who still believe in astrology. And that is why they have the section in the newspaper. If you are born in this particular month of the year, then this is a particular name that you will have in the zodiac. And, and then based on that, they have people who write those columns and people who read those columns. If no one would believe in those columns, in these fortune tellers, then they wouldn't have those columns in the newspapers. And they have all these different helplines and hotlines and different people call different fortune tellers and believe in what they have to say. If there are different lines in, your, in the palm of your hand, this indicates different things. Palm readers. Rasulullah said, Man the one who goes to a palm reader and believes what he has to say, then he has rejected the wahi that was revealed on Muhammad. So that is a very strong wording. It's a wording of kufr. To say that if this line is like this, if there are so many lines coming out, that refers to how many life partners a person will have. So this has a, there's a cause and effect relationship established, which has no basis. So what is this? This is sabab wahmi. It's a, totally based on conjecture, has no basis with reality. Superstition. If you see a black crow, it means something evil. If you see a black cat, so these are from mushrikeen, from Hindus, from other cultures. They have all of these various superstitions. They have nothing to do with our religion. So these are material means. Sabab qat'i, sure means. Sabab dhanni, possible means. Food for life, medicine for life. And third one was sabab wahmi, totally based on conjecture, have no basis with reality. And the fourth sabab is sabab shar'i, sabab ghaybi. Unseen asbab, which are based on the sharia, based on what Allah and Rasul have told us. There are many good deeds and there are many sins for which there is a definite cause and effect relationship established with respect to our worldly existence itself, not only with respect to reward or punishment in the hereafter. 
If you do this good deed, you will have this result in your worldly life. And if you commit this sin, you will have this result in your worldly life. So when we see that cause and effect relationship established, then we have to believe in that. That is a sabab. What type of sabab? A shari sabab. And with regards to on the scale of believability, it is number one. is 100% true, 100% effective, and 100% we must have conviction and belief in that as a believer, as a mu'min. Simple example for example, is when we stand up for the saf. Rasulullah said, Sawu sufufakum. Straightening your lines. Fiman al hadith. Straightening the lines is part of the completion of the prayer. And then he said, Wala And do not make sure that your lines are not crooked because this will create division in your hearts. Meaning, if the line at the time of prayer is not straight, if there is crookedness in the line of prayer, then this will create animosity, ill-feeling, and hatred amongst the hearts of the believers for each other. How will that happen? Why? So where is the cause and effect relationship? From a physical, worldly perspective, we do not see that. But this is definitely, clearly, and explicitly borne out from the words of Rasulullah On the opposite side, Rasulullah said, لَن تَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةَ حَتَّى تُؤْمِنُوا You will not enter into Jannah until you believe. وَلَن تُؤْمِنُوا حَتَّى تَحَابُوا You can never be true believers until you love one another. أَفَلَا أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَى شَيْءٍ إِذَا فَعَلْتُمُوهُ تَحَابَبْتُمْ Shall I not inform you of such an action? If you inculcate it as a practice, then you will begin to love one another. If you do this practice, you will start loving one another. If you start loving one another, then you can be a true mu'min. If you become a true mu'min, then you can enter Jannah. Spread salam amongst yourselves. So salam has been mentioned in the hadith as a means of creating love amongst one another. Say salam to the one you know, the one you do not know. Right? So what does this mean? This means saying salam will create love. Tahaddu, tahabu, giving gift to each other will create love. So there is a cause and effect relationship established. So we have to take these and believe in them as well. And with regards to the worldly means, whether they are qat'i, whether they are of sure nature, sure that we are sure that they are effective, or they are something which is dhanni, which are possible. We have to realize that the worldly means are, are, are that which is visible in front of us and we are adopting. But behind those worldly means, there is a hidden order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is because of that order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are able to benefit from that worldly means or we are being harmed by that worldly means. If the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taken away, then that worldly means by itself can either benefit us, can either harm us. So, somebody could have a valid question that what is the point of this entire discussion? The person who believes that there is an Amr of Allah, he when he's thirsty, he's going to drink water. The person who does not believe that there is an Amr of Allah, see water quenches thirst. This is a sub of Qatari, this is 100% foolproof physical means that water does quench thirst if you stop someone's water you'll be guilty of murdering that person if you stop drinking water you'll be guilty of committing suicide so water as a source of life 
is something which is a physical means as 100% uh, definite. So a believer, he will also drink water when he's thirsty. And if he doesn't, he'll be sinful if he dies. He must drink water. Or do not kill yourself. Killing oneself is haram. It's for us to sustain your life as an amana from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the believer is drinking water and the disbeliever is also drinking water. One believes the water itself quenches my thirst. The other one believes that the water cannot quench my thirst without the permission of Allah. So what is the practical difference? Likewise, a disbeliever, he's afraid, uh, he abstains from fire. Why does he abstain from fire? He doesn't jump into a fire. The reason he does not jump into the fire is because the fire will kill him. And he believes fire as a worldly means will harm him, will take away his life, will burn him. And the believer also does not jump into a fire. But the true believer doesn't believe that the fire by itself can harm him. All the ghayrullah, anything in existence besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can neither benefit nor harm without the permission of Allah. But the permission of Allah is always there with the fire. It's always there. It's not separated. Whenever there's fire, the permission of Allah that the fire should harm you, the order of Allah that fire should harm you is always attached with it. So where does it make a practical difference? The practical difference comes, you know, is when the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes on one side and on the other side we have the worldly means and there's a clash. If there's a clash, like right now is the time for Jumu'ah. If the time for Jumu'ah and a person has a store and he has a line of customers waiting to purchase items from him and make him money and he could have a great profit if he serves all of these customers. Maybe he did not have customers the entire week. Right now at, when the Adhan of Jumu'ah is going, all the customers came into his shop. So now this is a test of faith. So the one who believes that the worldly means, they are the end all. And the source of my risk and my provision is in these worldly means. When the Adhan of Jumu'ah is being called, it is a no-brainer for him. It does not make material sense, logical sense for him to abandon all these potential customers and go to the masjid where there are no customers. Because he will lose out on all this benefit. Whereas the one who believes that material means cannot benefit me, cannot harm me. Unless the Amr of Allah is associated with them. Unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts a command for me to have barakah in my risk. I cannot have barakah without the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made a very, very clear command in the Quran. Ya amanu, O those who believe. When the adhan for Jumu'ah is called. Then hasten to the dhikr of Allah. And leave all transactions. Leave buying and selling. No, but what about these customers? I need money. Yeah, but Allah, the one who told me the bayr, I will gain benefit in my risk and I'll have barakah in my provision and I'll be able to benefit from that income if the permission of Allah is there. And without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I might in a quantifiable sense have more money, but there will be no benefit for me in that money. So that person who believes in the Amr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and is not a slave of the material suburb, will be able to sacrifice the material suburb and say labbaik and close the shop in the face of the customers and come to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works with the material means when He chooses. 
and he can work without the material means when he chooses, and he can work against the material means when he chooses. We talked about food as a source of life, we talked about fire as something that harms. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives examples in the Quran to show the same point. That we just had the retreat on Surah Al-Kahf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the example of the Ashab Al-Kahf. Do you think it was a very strange sign of my qudra? It's nothing strange for me at all. It's very easy. These young men who wanted to preserve their iman, they lived in their cave for 309 years. Was And how did they continue to remain alive? Were they eating food? No. Were they drinking? No. Without food, without drink, their life was sustained. So the sabab is not there, but the amr is there. Normally in our worldly existence, the sabab and amr are going together. Therefore, it's difficult for us to ascertain if what's happening, is it happening because of the sabab or happening because of the amr. So if you want to do a true test, we separate the sabab and the amr. Look at both of them by themselves. Over here we have the amr of Allah, the order of Allah, that their life should continue. And the sabab, the means of existence of life, is not present, yet they are living, without the worldly means. That means, what does that tell us? It tells us that the Amr by itself is effective. On the other hand, we have the worldly means. Ibrahim was thrown into the fire. Ibrahim was thrown into fire by Nimrud. The fire is burning. We know from the historical reports that it was such a massive fire that the wood was collected for weeks at an end. And a massive bonfire was created. It was so big, it was so big by Nimrud, the king, that birds that were flying over it would roast and fall down. That's what it comes in historical narrations, quote-unquote historical narrations. Wallahu alam. And it was so, so hot, the blaze, they could not bring Ibrahim close to the fire. They had to fling him into it with a catapult. They built a whole catapult to, uh, to project him and fling him into the fire from a distance. So fire, which is a means of destruction of life, the means is present there. But the order of Allah for that fire to burn was removed. So what did the fire do? When Ibrahim came out, it burned the rope that was tying his arms, tying his feet, but it did not burn a hair of his body. He remained there in the fire for 40 days. And when he was finally taken out, he said these were the most enjoyable days of my earthly existence. So if you just take these two examples, the Ashab al-Kahf and the story of Ibrahim. In one example, the physical mean is there, in full force, the fire is burning. But if the order of Allah is not there, the fire cannot help, cannot benefit, or cannot harm, cannot do its intended effect. Whereas these people are surviving without food. So we are compelled to come to the conclusion that when we have the Amr with the Sabab, when you have the order of Allah with the means, together we find them effective. It's not the Sabab that's doing anything. But rather, it is the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is attached with the sabab. It just so happens that it's attached. Most of the time. But if Allah wants to, He can detach it anytime. Then Ibrahim al-Islam is striving so hard with the strength of 40 men to slaughter his son Ismail al-Islam with that knife. It's just not cutting the throat of Ismail al-Islam. It's not working. It's not cutting. And Khalid bin Walid is swallowing the poison from the Roman spy which was meant to poison the entire water supply of the Muslim army in its concentrated form which would have diluted, if it was diluted with the entire water supply, would have caused death to the entire army. He drinks the whole concentrated perfume, uh, perfume, concentrated poison, 
and he says bismillahilladhi la yadhru ma ismihi shay'un fil ardi wa la fi as-samaa wa huwa as-samiul alim when he catches that spy khalid bin walid the general radiyallahu anhu the sayfullah the sword of allah he says, I say, I say in the name of that Allah that when His name is taken with conviction, then nothing in the heavens or the earth can harm in the least. Bismillah, in the name of that Allah. La yadurru ma'asmihi. That when His name is taken, nothing can harm. Shay'un, nothing. Nakira, anything. Fil aldi wa la fil sama. Neither in the heavens nor the earth. Wahu samiyul alim. He is hearing my words, He knows my condition. Samiyun bi aqwali, alimun bi hali. So, nothing happened to him because he had that level of conviction. I treat my slave depending on his conviction in me. If you don't have the level of conviction, don't try it. So, all this is the meaning, this is the height of Iman. When a person reaches this level of Iman, then he reaches that level that Rasulullah was teaching a young boy, Abdullah bin Abbas. Ya Bunayya, Ya Ghulaym, oh dear boy. Know if all the human beings in the world and all the jinn of the world together. They all agree together and come together. All the humans of the world and all the jinn of the world. We have heard this how many times? Numerous times. I myself from this podium have mentioned this hadith multiple times. But let us examine it once again deeper. And try to understand the significance of the words of Rasulullah Know that if all the human beings of the world... In all the jinn of the world, they gather together. To benefit you in the least. They cannot benefit you at all. So negation of the entire makhluk in creation. Except for that which Allah decrees. And if they all gather together. To harm you in the least. They cannot harm you in the least. Except for that which Allah has decreed, uh, decreed for you. If the mu'min has this level of iman, then he has absolutely no fear from any creation, nor any hope in any creation. He is not, not hope from anyone, illallah, not raja from anyone, illallah. That is the meaning of la ilaha, illallah. He has no fear of any creation except for Allah, and he has no hope in any creation except for Allah. This was the first lesson of Iman taught to Abdullah bin Abbas as a young boy. This is the first lesson taught in the first communication Allah had with Musa salam. The first communication Allah had with Musa salam when he told his wife that I see some fire in the distance. You are pregnant and it's cold and it's a dark night. He saw a fire and he told his wife, wait. I'll bring some burning wood from there. And we are lost in this dark night. I might find a guide. So he goes to the fire. And he finds that there's a green bush. It's bright, bright green. The greenest bush he ever saw in his life. And the amazing thing was at the same time, it's completely engulfed in flames. It's burning and it's green. And he's very much amazed by this sight. And then he hears a voice. And he does not know which direction it's coming from. From all directions at the same time. And the voice tells him, Innani an Allah, la ilaha illa ana, fa'abudni wa aqimi salata li dhikri. Indeed, I am Allah addressing you. And it says uh, that, Ikhla'na alayk innaka bilwadi al-muqaddasi tuwa. O Musa, take your shoes off. You come for the interfaith session, you come for the open house of the masjid, the first thing, what do we tell everyone? Please remove your shoes. 
This is an order to Musa alayhi salam. Ikhla'ana alayk. Take your shoes off. Innaka bilwadil muqaddasi tuwa. You are in the noble valley of tuwa. And you're going to communicate with your creator. Then you ask him, what do you have, what do you have in your right hand? So he was enjoying talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He could have just said that I have a staff in my right hand. But he went on and started praising that staff. What do you have in your right hand, O Musa? He said, this is my staff. I lean on this staff. I guide my sheep with it as a shepherd. And I have multiple benefits. So this is a makhluk that is benefiting me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to test him and wanted to teach him and educate him. That which you are so sure of that can benefit you and you trust it. It is your trusty aid. It is your tool that is on your side that you're so sure of. is there. Ma'arib ukhra benefits you. Alqiha ya Musa. Just throw it down for a moment. Fa'idha hiya hayyatun tasa'a. means all of a sudden it became a huge serpent. And now he's running away from it. Why is he running away? He's afraid. Then Allah Ta'ala tells him, so this, that which was a source of benefit becomes a source of harm. Then Allah Ta'ala tells him, خُذْهَا وَلَا تَخَفْ سَنُعِيدُهَا سِيرَتَهَا الْأُولَى Go and grab this serpent. You think it's going to harm you? First you thought it was going to benefit you, then it turns up to be a source of harm. Now you, I'm telling you, grab it. If I grab it, it's going to bite me, it's going to harm me. سَنُعِيدُهَا سِيرَتَهَا الْأُولَى I'll make it back into something beneficial for you. So what does that tell us? It tells us that any benefit we have from anything around us in our environment, this material means that it's benefiting us. Or anything that could potentially harm us. The benefit and the harm is coming from only Allah. And Allah alone. And again, I want to repeat in case you did not understand. That at the end of the day, then you'll say, what's the whole point of discussion? Should we stop adopting things which benefit us? And should we stop avoiding things which harm us? Because it's Allah and not those things. The fire does not, cannot burn, the water cannot, no. You have to continue to adopt those things which benefit, continue to abstain from those things that harm. Just like the one who does not believe in the entire discussion we had today. But the difference is, if an order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes contrary to what the material means dictate, then we will not sacrifice the order of Allah for the material means, we will sacrifice the material means for the order of Allah. Why? Because we know that it's the order of Allah that is actually benefiting us or potentially could harm us, not the means. So therefore, if people tell you that you'll have, you'll be building up your equity, you'll be paying less monthly payment than if you are in renting, and why in the world do you not take a conventional mortgage and haram mortgage, then we'll say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that if you sign that dotted line and enter into this riba transaction, you're not entering into a riba transaction, you're entering into war with Allah. You're declaring war against Allah. Like the president, he, you know, as the commander-in-chief and the head of the executive department of the, of the government of the United States of America, uh, he has authority to declare war, right? So the president declares war, he signs that we now declare war. The war on terror, which is such an ambiguous term, intentionally kept ambiguous. So the war on terror. It used to be war against nation states, now it's a war on terror. So the one who signs that agreement, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَأَذَنُوا بِحَرَبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ You're ready, get ready to engage in war against Allah and His Rasul. So we are engaged in war against Allah. Then what can we complain of? You ask the one you're engaged in war with to help you? 
How will the, you are in warring against him and then you cry to him, There's a very big contradiction going on. So, this is what happens. The person who believes that, no, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give me barakah in my halal income, in my halal expenditure, because the test of mal is both on the earning side and the spending side. In my halal income, the way I earn, I earn halal, and the way I spend, I spend halal, Allah will put a barakah in it. If a person has that belief, because now he is believing that my success does not lie in having more millions, but rather in fulfilling the amr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the reality that we all have to work on and correct our aqidah, correct our belief. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to make amal. We humbly request all the brothers in the back to please come in, fill in the gaps. There are people waiting outside and perform the sunnah. Jazakallah khair.